Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views, and inside track from Goodison Park. of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins. And joining me today is Lee McLean, Ben Winstanley and Jack Kemp. Lee, a must-win game, some Evertonians said. Everton v Chelsea. Everton have won the game, 1-0. So much to talk about, so much to discuss. Where do we start? I'm going to leave it with you. <laughs> um, well, it was a must-win. I was one of the ones who, who probably called that out. And for me, it was. Just with the uh, everything else that had gone on, other results, it just very much felt like this was it. It was do or die for Everton on Sunday. Um, but I, along with probably a few others, just had this feeling that just the the build-up, the magnitude of the occasion, I, I thought we'd see a performance. And, you know, thankfully we did. Uh, it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, what a day overall. You've said just to leave it with me. It's You probably start with the atmosphere and, you know, what everyone's spoken about, the build-up in the couple of hours before the game with the coach and the fans meeting up and creating that atmosphere. Um, I turned up 
just like yourself, you know, around midday, a couple of hours before. And it was unbelievable. You know, I've never seen anything like it. It was feverish. The atmosphere just felt sort of heavy and but positive at the same time. So it was just sort of supercharged towards getting a result. Um, you know, everyone was, you know, although it was loud and it was busy, you know, it was, it, everyone was well behaved. It was it was well organised, you know, the, you know, plenty of police and stewards around. So, you know, kids everywhere as well getting involved, which was which was amazing. And as soon as that coach arrived, you know, you could just hear people saying, you know, this is going to be our day, this. You know, I just can't see Chelsea turning up and, and getting anything. And that is the, that's the power Goodison Park can have. And that's what we've talked about for a while now. And what we need to do now is, if we can, replicate that for both the remaining home games. Uh, Brentford and Palace because if we do you just get the feeling that those two sides are going to find it very very difficult to get out of Goodison Park with anything now it's not going to be easy and and games are never straightforward is what they, they seem on paper but I mean that at the weekend was just brilliant and it did it a hundred million percent had an impact on what, what we saw and the performance and the results getting into the ground it didn't stop there you know, the fear was slightly, you know, have we peaked too soon and everyone gets into the ground and burnt themselves out? And it certainly wasn't the case from, from minute one, just before kickoff. It was absolutely bouncing, loud, horrible, exactly what everyone had called for and hoped for and what we needed at the end of the day. And it translated onto the pitch and you could just see it, the, the energy and the boost that it gave gave the players who were, you know, chasing crisp packets like back. Joe, Joe Parkinson and Barry Orme back in the in the nineties. It was just absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, cagey, understandably so. That first half felt very, very nerve wracking and probably conscious, not not wanting to make a mistake. But it was just great seeing that the the brief was clearly defenders defend, Pickford do your job, you know, go long. None of this passing rounds and out from the back or anything like that. It was get get the ball forward and you know play for territory and and do your jobs and just defend. And I think the the defenders at the back clearly enjoyed that and it just took the pressure off them a little bit. Nothing spectacular in the first half, but we probably had the chances and then what a time to score. Just after half-time, I was on my way back down with my daughter and I ended up on my backside, which has kindly been pointed out to me by a couple of uh, people on Twitter who saw saw it happen. Uh, we ended up everywhere. It was just mental, unbelievable. Boss celebrations. Um, and we didn't, you know, although Pickford had an absolute blind in game and I've got to say that save from Aspilicueta is the that's the best save I've ever seen live and I'm not going over the top here that that that's hand on hand on half from either an Everton goalkeeper or an opposition goalkeeper I've never seen a better save than that and he was there when he needed us on on a, on a number of occasions um to keep the score at 1-0 but we had our own chances as well and on another day we could have put another another couple away so we were well worthy of the win it was massive it was a must win and it and it keeps us in the driving seat. It keeps us in. It keeps it in our hands. Uh, there's going to be twists and turns still, but I'm just glad that we've come away from Sunday thinking we're still in this. It's feeling positive. Hopefully, what we need to do now is back up that win with another performance and another, and more importantly, at this stage, another result in the next couple of games, which I'm sure we'll go on to in a bit. But an amazing day, unbelievable. Really, really enjoyed it. It was one of those, those days that you just. It was an honour and a pleasure to be at Goodison Park. Loved every minute of it. Ben and I'm sure you're going to share the same sentiments but it, it started on the Saturday didn't it obviously Chelsea arrive into the city Saturday and, and the fireworks then begin at, at the Hilton Hotel in in town and it starts from midnight it goes on to 3 4 a.m and 
Thomas Tuchel has actually said, you know, it, it did wake him up at me between one and, and three. Chelsea must have thought, what, what have we come into here? Well, but we're not going anywhere without a fight. And that's the Everton mentality. Um, just touching on of what's gone on. It's, it's football at the end of the day. It was desperation times. Things happened. Did it go in our favour? Absolutely. But first and foremost, Mick, for me, hats off to the fans. Hats off to everyone that got behind that football club because we've been in such a disastrous season, a season with so many lows and very little highs. But one of the main highs has been the, the revitalisation of Goodison Park. The atmosphere over the past couple of home games has been nothing short of incredible. But imagine if we were good. Like, seriously, imagine if we were challenging where we should be, where this football club should be. It'd be unbelievable. If everyone's seen the photos, seen the videos of Evertonians greeting the bus, the flares, it was just to see a blue. And I've seen a picture on Twitter that you could actually see the blue smoke from the Whittle on the Whittle side on Seacombe Ferry on the terminal, went near to obviously where I'm from. It was just absolutely unbelievable. And from the first minutes, the fans were all for it, getting behind the players, and it definitely gave them that extra percentage to go the long way. So massive, massive credit to the fans. They were the 12th man. And in fact, I've seen a quote as well. Chelsea weren't just playing 11 Everton players. They were playing 40,000 Evertonians who were bang up for it. Lads, girls, fathers, grandfathers, children. Everyone was fired up, getting in the faces, being horrible, being snide, keeping the ball away from the Chelsea players, keeping, keeping the tempo down so they couldn't get into a rhythm. It was brilliant. It was absolutely unbelievable to be a part of. As you can see, I can probably talk about this subject for as long as you want me to because I absolutely loved Sunday. It was fantastic. But onto the match itself, I want to give massive credit now to Frank Lampard because we discussed it after the Merseyside Derby defeat on this podcast and we've done a few spaces as well. He's adapted his tactics. It's clear to see. There's definitely a deep-line defensive strategy now implemented with solid banks of four and five which worked so well against Chelsea, so well. It was unbelievable. And I just wish potentially he could have adapted that a bit earlier in the season when he when he got appointed. But look, he's changed his style. He's realised we're in a dogfight and we're fighting for every single ball, every single tackle, every single pass. You can't moan because we can't be playing nice football. I've said it for weeks. We can't be passing, doing 10, 15, 20 passes leading up to a goal. We can't do that anymore. We're in a, a real fight now against teams around us who've been in this position before, most recent, but we haven't. So we need to start playing tactically, defensively, and then looking to expose teams on the break. And that's what happened, as Lee said, straight after half-time. Damari Green with Charleston, who I thought both of them worked their socks off, chased down a loose ball, a nothing ball, shall we say, won it back and we 1-0 up. And for the next 45 minutes, we defended for our lives. Yeri Mina, absolutely outstanding. I'd wrap him in cotton wool. I wouldn't even let him train this week, leading up to this Leicester game, because we need him fifth for the running. Jordan Pickford, brilliant. And Richarlison was just monumental again. Them three players for me are going to get us out this mess. And the fight of the 11 around them just can't be talked about enough. We need to take these, these home performances and take them now to two massive away games coming up where we need points. And we need them now. We're still not out of it, but we've given ourselves one hell of a chance of getting out of it, Mick. So well done, Everton. Well done, the fans. And well done, Frank Lampard. Jack, Ben praises Frank Lampard and, and Frank Lampard has been questioned with regarding his system and, and tactics and, he, and even personnel. 
But he, he matched up against Chelsea on Sunday and he, he went with a Wobi at right wing back and Mikalenko at left wing back and then a back three of, of Holgate, Yerimina and Seamus Coleman. And he got it absolutely bang on, didn't he? Yeah, he absolutely did. Um, it's not the first time that I think opposing managers have tried to match up against Chelsea. Um, I think Arsenal might have done it a couple of weeks ago when they won handsomely at Stamford Bridge. But it, but it's a difficult system, um, sort of a 3-4-3 or 5-3-2, however you want to look at it. And, and if you're not used to playing it, I think as a centre-back, it can be really, really difficult. I think... I think to sort of the outsiders, I think playing in a back four, and if you're one of those middle two, you just assume, well, you can play as a back three. It's very, very different because you've got to have one of those three who is comfortable on the ball and will bring it out. Um, I know Ben just mentioned Yeri Mina. Um, I, think, I think the big thing for me with Yeri Mina is, yes, he's, he's Everton's best centre-back, but he makes the other centre-back or centre-backs, if it's a three, look better players. And we've been to a number of games this year where Mean has been unavailable. And, you know, defensively, it's been very, very poor. Um, and, I, I, you know, the example that springs to mind was away at Tottenham, um, where it, it, it just shambolic. Um, but when Mean is there, for me, whether it's Michael Keane, Mason Holgate, Ben Godfrey, whether Seamus Coleman plays in a back three with them, they all look better players. And... You know, there aren't many players, I think, in that Everton squad who can have that effect on the others. Um, and just like Ben said, Yeri Mina is vital. And I, I don't think it's a naive thing to say that if Yeri Mina had been fit all season, Everton just wouldn't be in a relegation fight. They, they just wouldn't be. He's dominant in the air. Um, you know, I, I have to admit, I, I love the way he winds up the players. Um you know, every team needs one and he is fantastic at doing it. You know, how Kai Havertz stayed on that football pitch, I don't know. He must have made a dozen fouls and, and just from an accumulation, he should have gone. Um, so, Yeri Mina, fantastic. Um, but like you said, um, Alex Awobi and Mikalenko, unsung heroes completely. Um, I've been on the podcast a few times and I've really been quite critical of Alex Awobi, but it's almost like the pennies dropped with him and the amount of work and ground that he covers. It's been like this for several games, I feel. Um, he's really upped it. And Mikalenko, um, again, I was a little bit nervy when I first saw him. I think we have to remember he's a very young lad. Um, come over from a different country. We, you know, we know what's going on in his homeland at the minute. And he's probably got lots of other things on his mind. But game by game, he's getting up to speed with it. Thought he was fantastic in the derby. Thought he kept Liverpool. Thought he kept Salah and Alexander Arnold very quiet. Thought he was good again at the weekend. Thought there was a couple of times when Ziyech come on that he sort of you know turned him and twisted him a little bit. But defensively, he's looking a lot more solid. Um, but you know, like the boys have said, Frank Lampard he got it right, and you know it, it took a while for the penny to drop with him. And I, and I just hope, and I know we'll talk about it in a minute. I just hope going into Sunday at Leicester. We, we adopt the same style, that low block, and then use the guys up front with the pace on the counter. Mm, Lee, high praise for Alex Awobi. And I want to just stick with Awobi. Jack just touched on him. Whether he's playing in a 10 or, or on the wing or, or even at right wing back, at the moment, he, he's given us consistent performances, isn't he? Pre pretty much eight out of 10s every week from Alex Awobi at the moment. Yeah, he's top man. 
and he's de- he deserves all of the praise. I know it was his birthday yesterday, which is lovely, or, or today, I can't remember which one it was. All the days merged to one when you've got uh, twins. Um, he's, lit- he's literally, he's the example, I think, that possibly other people have looked, other players have looked at and gone, actually, that's what we need to do. We're seeing the reaction that the Everton faithful have given during home games when he's chasing down lost causes and, you know, running for miles and miles and miles. You know, he's always t- top of the, the distance covered uh, statistics. You know, he, he's sort of the blueprint that you want to follow. And there's that saying, I think, Everton have got it written up in, in Finch Farm. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And, and that's going to be the case between now and the end of the season. So you need people like Alex Awobi, especially when you're coming against up against sides that, on paper, are going to be on the beach or with less to play for than other sides, they're not going to be probably putting the extra 5 10% in that you normally would when, when something's really riding on a game. So Everton can can bridge that shortfall. And this is where we can get an advantage if everyone, like Alex Iwobi, is working the bollocks off, basically. And I know we, we avoid swearing on the podcast, but it's a turn of phrase. He's been magnificent. And I remember, Mick, you, you you mentioned you know when we were really in 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 amongst some bad bad results, and we were looking for answers. You know what 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 do we need to do to change the situation around? It was suggested that you know if there comes a point where you stop picking your best eleven players on paper and go for the eleven players that perhaps you can rely upon, where you can Lampard can look them in the eye, see that they're up for the battle. They're not gonna they're not gonna shrink. If we go a goal down, they're not going to collapse and wilt. You know, we saw that for for large spells. You know, they're going to keep the concentration. I mean, look look at look at the most recent home results. You know, we're winning games to nil, so that that's highlighting you know an increase in concentration and discipline with with players positioning, but also hard work, closing down, preventing opposition from making you know dominating the game and and making chance after chance after chance. And that starts from your forwards right through the midfield to the back. Everyone has, has got to put the same level of, of effort and application in. But in terms of Alex Iwobi, he's remarkably, when you think of where he was a couple, couple of months back and going further since he's arrived at Everton, when he's found it really, really tough, you know, you'd, you'd probably say his first name on the team sheet now, along with Pickford, Richarlison, the, you know, the people that roll off the tongue. It's very, very difficult to create an argument to, to drop. Alex Iwobi and that's why you've got the likes of Deli Ali, Donny van der Beek even if he was fit they're not going to get in over Alex Iwobi and, right, and rightly so because he, he's he's not let anyone down you can see the, the reaction of the fans it, it, it hasn't gone unnoticed because he might not be technically he's a skillful player and he's got it in his locker but you know he is inconsistent when it comes to his final product and stuff but that's not not of paramount importance just now Working hard is setting the right tone is you know, not letting our opponents settle. These are all things high on the agenda at the minute, and that these are all things that Alex Wobie is absolutely excelling in. And you know, long may that continue because he's now probably forging a career at Everton. Whether you know, hopefully, hopefully, pray to God, we stay up and we and, and we do enough next season. You can see Alex Wobie being a part of things, whether or not that's that's starting every game. We'll have to wait and see, but but the fact that we're talking about him in these terms and saying that there's a, there's a future at Everton 
is remarkable considering he was one of the ones who people were writing off in terms of we get to the end of the season, he's one of the ones that you'd let go without a second thought. It's not now. And that is fair play to Alex Iwobi. All credit to him for finding the strength of character to turn things around. And because turning around a set of football fans, and especially Evertonians who were notoriously difficult to please, is a massive, massive achievement. So all credit to him, all credit to whoever's sort of unlocked this in his head, whether that be Lampard, one of the backroom staffs, someone else, I don't know. But Alex, Alex Iwobi is the one who's got to go out on the pitch at the weekend during the week and produce the goods. And he's doing that and more. So long may continue. Well in, Alex Iwobi. Mm, high praise for Alex Iwobi, Ben. And another player that's had another storm in performance was Jordan Pickford. Everton are sitting in 18th. We, we can't get carried away, but an absolute superb performance by Pickford. Oh, as Lee touched on earlier, it's hard to disagree with him. It's, it's arguably the best save I've ever seen live. And you look at some of the great saves back in the day. You look at Tim Howard against Southampton against Graziano Pele. That was a phenomenal save. You look at David Seaman in the FA Cup, even the Golden Bank save. It, it, it was that good. I, I can't, like, I'm not even overreacting. It, it's, it was brilliant. When Aspilicueta has that shot, Pickford's the other side of the goal. He has no right to then go back diagonally. His whole body is over the line in the net. And to have the actual the ability to realise the danger zones and parry the ball out going the other way, not back into danger, is unbelievable because everyone who's watched Everton this season, Jordan Pickford's up there for me, probably but him and Anthony Gordon um, have been the players of the season. And it's hard to say that we're down in 18th position, conceded a ton of goals, but he's arguably player of the season for me. He's a leader. He's grown into his own. He looks a foot bigger now. He looks like he's found his way. And I was talking just with, with family members recently. The, mo- the most thing I'm, I'm really excited about Jordan Pickford what is most improved on. He doesn't seem to question what he's doing. A few years back, he kind of undernarred, should I go, should I not? But he now comes out and when he decides to punch, he doesn't half punch. If he takes player, ball, our own players, he is getting that ball and he wins them. But it, it, it's not just me who said it. He looks a foot bigger. He, he looks a, a, a man mountain, like he's so confident, he's so proud. And not only that save, the, the Rudiger save when he gets a, a, a ball struck at his face at about 100 miles an hour at point-blank range. That save's not talked about because he spreads himself and closes the angle down almost instantaneously, which is all another outstanding save. You get a bit of luck in your face, but it was the reaction from me. Bit, bit of treatment, he gets up, shot and come on to the park end and everyone's right up forward again. He's been sublime. There's all this hype over Aaron Ramsdale, etc. Jordan, he's nowhere near. He couldn't lace Jordan Pickford's boots. He really, really couldn't. See, he's England's number one for a reason. Um, we're obviously going a lot longer now as well. So we're obviously utilising Jordan Pickford's traits, shall we say. We, we used to play a lot out from the back when Lampard first arrived, but we, we seem to be going a lot longer now. Jordan Pickford's an excellent kicker. He could play central midfield if he wanted to. He's got such a long range of passing that he can get from defence to attack in a matter of seconds. And he was doing that again on Sunday. He's done it for the past few weeks. He did it at Anfield and he did it on Sunday again. Long may it continue because we need him for the running. As I said earlier, he is one of our leaders. Him, Yerry Mina and Richarlison, the, the, the so-called spine, will get us out this mess. They all need to be fit. They all need to be firing. But on his day, he, he, he's sublime, Mick. And 
like, like we said, me and you talked about him. Them shaves were just as good as a goal, both of them, because the other one's not spoken about enough. I know he gets a bit of luck, but wow, what a, what a goalkeeper, what a performance. And them three points are much down to him as they were to the outfield players and the fans. Unbelievable, Mick. Jack, I'm really, you know, we're not out of the mire. There's no doubt about it. And we are 18th. So, you know, we are trying to be modest and trying to keep things, you know, level-headed. But another player that has really come to the fore over the past five games, he's actually got four goals in five games now, is Richarlison. Currently playing up front on his own. And people have debated, should he be up front on his own? Or should he come in from the left or the, or the right? But nevertheless, wherever he's playing at the moment, he's putting in a hell of a performance, isn't he? And in times like this, players either sink or swim. And Richarlison is really proving his worth for Everton at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Mick, about Richarlison. Um, I thought he, he was terrific, absolutely terrific. I think, for me, um, barring Pickford, I think with the outfield players in the squad, I think he's the closest thing that Everton have got to top draw, top, top draw. Um, he works incredibly hard. Um, I thought his finish was fantastic. You know, I think I think a lot of uh, football supporters would, would look at that and, and think, well, you know, he's, he sort of threw on goal, just the keeper to beat. But I think you've got to bring in the situation that Everton are in. We all know that Everton do not particularly react very well if they concede first. So Everton had, get, had to get the first goal. He's presented with a chance and, and he took it fantastically. Great finish, brilliant finish. My only issue with Richarlison is, and this is just my opinion, it'd be interesting to see what the boys think, is that I personally think he's better out wide. That's where I prefer him. Um, but, you know, do you bring Dominic Calvert-Lewin back in? Um, we all know Calvert-Lewin's had, uh, you know, a, a really bad injury, sort of what, back in late August when it was at Brighton. He's come back. There's been some ongoing fitness issues, some niggles. When he has played, I'll be honest, I've been a bit disappointed. Um, not the Calvert-Lewin that we saw at the very start of the season, and last season. But it was very interesting that Rondon came on. Um, and, and again, I've, I've not been one of Rondon's biggest fans, but I thought he did a decent job when he came on, kept the defenders busy. There was one fantastic moment in the second half when he just shrugged off Rudiger like he wasn't there. And, and you know, Rudiger's a big bloke. You know, he's, he's tough to shrug off the ball. So I think Lampard's going to have to think carefully. Um, does he persist with Richarlison through the middle? If you bring Calvert-Lewin back and you push Richarlison out wide, well, who drops out? Does Anthony Gordon? No, not for me. Does Damari Gray? I, I don't think Gray did anything wrong against Chelsea that would warrant him being on the subs bench. Um, so it's a re it'll be really interesting to see what Frank does. Um, but yeah, Richarlison has, has been terrific. He's, I think he's got eight league goals for the season. So, you know, and, and I think I think his best season at Everton has been 13. So, you know, he, he's not going to get to that target, I wouldn't have imagined. But he's he's really come to the fore, like you said. I think he, he believes in himself and I think he's a winner. And I think, like we were talking about Alex Awobi, you know, working hard. I think that's rubbed off on Richarlison. And I think he's thought, right, I need to up my game. Um, I was really surprised and I, I watched the game back on Sky Sports and you know I'm sick and tired of the media not sort of watching Everton games just making these sort of off-the-cuff statements you know Jamie Redknapp said oh Richardson he needs to do more I've been disappointed he doesn't do enough 
Well, in recent weeks, he has been actually. Um, you know, I'm sick and tired of the comments that are made about Jordan Pickford. You know, should he be England's number one? You've got people in the media who, in powerful positions who are banging the drum for Aaron Ramsdale. Jordan Pickford's the number one. Just watch his performance. Um, and I, I just felt the same with Richarlison. I thought, you know what? You know, don't knock him because he's, he's done well recent weeks. I thought he was really good in the derby. He was good against uh, Burnley. Um, so, yeah, I'm really pleased with him at the minute. And, and I just hope... Everton can stay up because I think, you know, I, th- I think the most ardent fan would admit that if Everton did go, um, there's no way Richarlison will, will play in the Championship. Mm, well, Lee, looking ahead, a massive win against Chelsea, of course, but now looking ahead, there's, there's five remaining for Everton, two points behind Burnley and Leeds respectively, but we do have that elusive game in hand. But next up on Sunday is Leicester, a trip to the Midlands to, to play Leicester. It's a two o'clock kickoff. Most Evertonians are thinking we're going to have to pick up something on the road as well as win our home games to to stay up. So how important are the next two games? It's Leicester and then Watford, but we're just going to focus on the Leicester game. Is it a must-not-lose game for you, this? Or is it a game you think, you know what? Leicester play on Thursday night in, in Italy against Roma in the Europa Conference League. This is a game Everton could really go at here. Oh, I think we've got to win one of them. Mate. I really do. So when we're talking about Leicester and Watford, because I think people are looking at the two home games thinking they're a given. And unfortunately, football just doesn't work like that. Don't get me wrong. There's every opportunity that Everton, if we put in the same level of performance and effort and and the crowd and everything's there, of course, we can go and win those two home games. And that'd be great. And that will sort of put us almost there, you'd like to think. But it won't be enough on its own. We are going to need to get... We've spoken... Aside from the podcast, I, I think before the Chelsea game, I said we need at least 11 points. Um, so I still think there's two points at least that we're going to need to find from the three three away games that we've got. Now, obviously, Arsenal on paper is very, very difficult, even though they can blow hot and cold. I think we're going to need to get either two draws or a win from Leicester or Watford. I think it's that important. Now, what you want is Leicester to go through on Thursday for them to have a really, really difficult second leg for it to take it out of the players and for that to be their absolute number one priority for between now and the end of the season. And then hopefully what you'll see is a repeat of what they did against Newcastle just before they played us at Goodison where they rested a number of players and didn't really take it that seriously, disappointingly. And then they came to Goodison and went full strength. It would be great if it was a little bit after like after the Lord Mayor's show at the King Power at the weekend and Everton can take advantage of that because what we've failed to do all season and one of the main reasons, what, well, main reason, but one of many that were in the position that we're in is we failed to back up one good result with another. It's, it's important. It's, it's, well, it's vital now. It's, it's the nitty gritty. It's, it's, it's a dog fight that we're in. Everton have proven that we, we can. We can fight. We can step up. We've answered critics, I hope, certainly at home. The next step is replicating that away. What we did see was a, a much improved performance and, and you know, really, really unlucky at Anfield and things clearly went against us and conspired against us there to stop us getting a result. We've put that to bed now. We've fixed it. We've won the next game. If we can mirror that level of performance that we did at Anfield, Leicester, Leicester are not on the same, you know, they're not on the same planet as Liverpool, let's be honest. Unfortunately, of course, it's a game that we can get something out of. It would be great 
if we could just really, really take the pressure off the, the, the following away game at Watford and go into that one really, really confident on the back of another win, wouldn't that be just amazing? Is it asking for too much? No, I don't think it is. Because Le- Leicester on the day, we've proven that we can be a match for them. Although they you know, they had a lot of the player, Goodison, uh, last week, I thought we had we, we certainly had the better chances. You know, at the back, they're there to be got at. And if we can just stay disciplined, maintain that sort of low block and that really, really concentrated, everyone knowing the positions, not giving anything away, being hard to beat, hard to break down, Yeri Mina in there at the back, making a huge difference, which we've all touched upon tonight. Jordan Pickford's in great form. We've got, you know, players look like they know the jobs at last. And Lampard, it looks like something's clicked. So I, I, I'm quietly optimistic that we can go to Leicester and get something, but the standards can't drop. It, you know, we're not out of it, like you, like you said before, quite rightly. Yes, it's a win. Yes, it keeps us in it. Yes, we're feeling all, you know, much, much more positive. We probably got a little bit of a better sleep on Sunday night, but it's by no means over. We're still in the relegation zone. There is still heaps of work to do. It all starts on Sunday. But if you're asking me the question, can we go and get a result? And is it possible? Absolutely, yes. And, I, and I'm, I'm praying that these players sort of think, right, OK, what did I do? What did I do before this Chelsea game? What did I do during the game? Use this week, you know, to really analyse that performance and you know, repetition, repetition, work on it on the tra- on the training ground, get it even more ingrained, you know, a greater understanding of what the, the, the fella next to you is doing, your positional play, what your specific role is. And I think just that little bit more sort of consistency in team selections, not not so much chopping and changing, that's only going to do us good. And I think we'll see the rewards on the pitch. So let's look forward and hope that we get another positive result on Sunday. Because if we can win that, you know, well, let, let's not look too far ahead. But if we can win that, put it this way, I think we'll all get a, a good night's sleep again this Sunday. And at this point, game by game, that's all we can ask for. Mm, ben and Jack, I'm going to ask you the same question. And, and Ben, I'll, I'll come to you first. Leicester on, on, on Sunday, are you anticipating the same deep line back five and then the two in front? I hope so. I hope we go quite defensively. I feel like that that's our game plan. We've got a lot of pace. Anthony Gordon, Damari Gray, Richarlison up front and a front three are quick and they are good on the break. We've got, we've got players there to adapt to that system. So why change it? There's no point trying to outpass the likes of Yuri Thielmans, um, Mendy in the middle, Juge uh, Bihor, who I thought looked a brilliant little player when he, t- when he came to, to Goodison Park. But like you've all touched on, they go to Roma Thursday night, trailing. They'll have to go and put a big performance in, a real big performance. Now, the question, do you want them to win or or get beat and play 120 minutes? I don't know. I've seen arguments for both. But let's just play our own game. Let's not worry about Leicester. Let's go there and try and get something and try and get a point, what we haven't done. Was it since December? We haven't got a point away from home. Something atrocious like that. And as Lee said before, that is why we're in this mess. Our away form is, is absolutely shocking. It's a dis- nothing short of a disgrace, to be honest. That's a, my, my favourite word, shall we say. But the away form's been terrible all year. I think it's six, five or six points away from home all season. It's just not good enough, is it? I think we actually lie 20th in the Premier League. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. We had a brilliant, brilliant performance and win against Chelsea last weekend. But we need to go and do a job. I, I, do I think Leicester away is winnable? I do. 
I think we can go there and get points. So it's very interesting. I, I, I do think we should stick with the, the low block defence, the low line defence. For one, Yanni Mina and look, and Mason Holgate, the pair of them played so well, so well in that game on Sunday together. And Yeri Mina seems to bring out the best of all, all the defenders around him. He's a commander, he's a leader. He's just made a glass, unfortunately. That's just the, the one issue, like I said before. I'd wrap him in cotton wool and make sure he doesn't train all week so he can't pick up any other knocks. But I'd like to see the, the same back line start because they work for one another. They really, really did. Leicester have got some real good footballers. They really, really have. They, that first 30 minutes at Goodson Park, I think we can probably all agree, was one of the best half an hour of football I've seen. Uh, obviously, they scored the one goal in Harvey Barnes, but they, they passed the ball around so confidently, so well. that They had us blowing and they silenced the crowd. They silenced Goodison for 30 minutes and then we gradually got back into the game. We can't let them settle into a rhythm. We need to be right up forward again. Dogs are war mentality. Press and try and win every ball. But when we try to play higher up, Mick, for me, when we try and play this high line, certain players have a tendency to step out of position. Mason Holgate, for example, Michael Keane, John Joe Kenny, all these players over the past few weeks, especially away from home, have a tendency to, re- to step out and go and chase the ball. In a deep line, low block, defensive minded setup, they're very strict. They know where to stand, they know where to be. Yeri Mean has got them orchestrated, and them silly little mistakes have been nullified. Look, as I said in the podcast after Liverpool, they had to put four attackers on to create any space. I can't see Leicester going out to do that. I know they're obviously still fighting to the Europe, but the mid-table, not really much to play for. I just hope that that's an away win where we can go get three points and the likes of Leeds and Burnley are going, oh my God, Everton are not going away because we need to get some sort of momentum. We need our three-game bounce where we get nine points, where people go, where the hell have they got them points from? How have they got out of this mess? Like we all said about Burnley. So let's go there. Let's be positive because we do need a win. Lee's absolutely right. We do need a win out these next two. Don't know, don't care where it comes. Just get three points. Six to be even better. Jack, Ben would like to see a, a back five and, and then the front two are just in front of the back five. But my question to you is, if it is a back five for you as well, who are your two just in front? Frank Lampard favoured Fabian Dauphin, Abdelai Decore against Chelsea and left Alan on the bench. What would your selection be in there? I think I'd, as long as Delph is okay, we know sort of after a game he needs more sort of time to recover. Um, it's a week, so hopefully he's okay. If he's fit and, and he's raring to go, I'd, I'd keep Baby and Delph in there. I think he's he's been really good since he came back into the team. I, I think what I like about Delph is his positional sense is very good. He's very experienced. Um, you know, you, you don't play for Man City with, with Guardiola unless you are positionally very good, especially in that midfield. So definitely him. Um, De- De Corey, you know, I, I, I thought he was, he was pretty good again. I thought he was good against Chelsea. Um, but before that, some of his performances hadn't been very good. Um, I think he was struggling on the ball. A lot, lot of misplaced passes. Um me personally, I, I wouldn't change the team. I think I'd go with the 11. So I, I would go with uh, Delph and Decore. Um, I you know, absolutely agree with Ben. The low block, the five, it worked. Um, 
and that and that low block. Let let's be honest, guys. You know, it it, it worked at Anfield. It did, and you know, I don't want to keep going on about it. But if you know, if the ref had made the correct decision, it's a completely different game, and it all of a sudden looks like you know a tactical masterclass in terms of the game plan. So, yeah, I, I just don't think we should change it. Leicester played good football. Um, I really like Yuri Tielmans. I think he's a terrific player in midfield. We know Harvey Barnes, James Madison. They've got some really good attacking players. So, you know, keep it tight in there. Nothing silly and, and just go with that same game plan. And, and I think with Gray, Gordon, Richarlison, there's enough in that front three to cause some problems for Leicester. Um, I don't think Leicester at the back are as, as sound as they as they have been in the previous couple of seasons. So I'm I'm going to Leicester, not overconfident because you know with the season Everton have had, you can't go into any game with overconfidence. But um, I, I feel like it's a game that Everton can win. But again, we've, how many away games have we been to, and we've said that, and we've come home with our tails between our legs. Um, but you know. Three points in these next two away games would be a decent return. Um, but, you know, I feel like we can go to both of them and get something. And I, and I feel like we could, could win on Sunday. Mm, confident from, from Jack. And it's that time again. It is prediction time, guys. Lee, I'm going to come to you first. Jack's confident. He hasn't given us his scoreline yet, but he's confident. What is your prediction for Everton's trip to Leicester on Sunday? Well, tell you what, Mick, I, I hope you've been writing down my predictions this season, I'm telling you. Because if I had to put a bet on, I'd be a millionaire now. I wouldn't have had to start a new job today. I'd be absolutely rolling in it. So what I won at the week, I said 1-0. And I won my bet with Charleston 1-0. So I'm hoping that the, I've got a good feeling for Sunday. I'm going to repeat. I'm going to repeat the scoreline. I think 1-0 again. <laughs> so it's 1-0 for you. And Ben, what's your prediction? Um. <sighs> Don't know. It's such a difficult one. Is you got to balance your head and your heart. I'm going to be like Lee. I'm going to be confident here. I feel like we can really frustrate Leicester if we set out how we have been and get them on the break. I'm going to go two, two nil Everton. I don't know what I've had tonight. I've had a few drinks, but I think two and eleven. Confidence flowing here, and Jack. Well, whatever Ben's had, I think I've had the same because he's he's just took my prediction. I, I think two nil. Um, I think if you look back in the last couple of games, Chelsea and Liverpool, um, one goal scored in those two games. But I think in both games, Everton could have easily scored a couple more. So, yeah, I, I think I think 2-0 to the Blues. Three away wins. And I'm going to be the Scrooge. I'm going to go, it's going to be 1-1, in my opinion. I think we'll take a point down at Leicester. And that is all we've got time for this evening. Everton get a massive win against Chelsea at Goodison Park, a raucous Goodison Park, and get a huge three points. And now it is all eyes on Sunday. It's Everton face a difficult trip to the Midlands to face Leicester City for a 2pm kickoff. We will be back Monday night with all the fallout, all the talk and all the match analysis, again, from Everton's trip to Leicester. And then also a pre-match look at another massive, massive away game as Everton then follow up the Leicester game with a trip to Watford midweek. In the meantime, enjoy the game, bask in the 1-0 victory against Chelsea. But like we said, it's all eyes on Sunday. In the meantime, have a great week. And we'll see you Monday. Take care and all the very best. Thank you.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.